Good morning, afternoon, or evening, nerdy ass, wherever you are in this big, beautiful world. Welcome back to another spectacular year's end episode of the Nerdy Axe Podcast. We're going to call this a double-sized episode because we are going to go hammy-ham talking about the entire year, looking back on all the great and uh, not-so-great things that happened in 2016 in nerd culture. Um, My name is Damien. I'm your host, as usual. If you listen, you probably know that already. I'm in the virtual studio here with Prophet Alpha and Theo Brown. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing tonight? Nerdy X, what's going on? It's the end of the year. Nerdy X podcast special. We got Theo Brown back in the studio. What up, Theo? Can I say how much? Can I say how much I miss you guys? Like I'm, I'm, I'm hugging you guys right now. Uh, yeah, I, I feel big, it. I have these big full size cardboard cutouts of you guys, oh, um, and nice. I'm just, I hug them. Um, that's, even, even when I don't tell you guys about that's where those food, went so. I was wondering where my cutouts <laughs> yeah. went uh, yeah I oh man I am excited happy to talk birthday to, you guys. to me I am excited we there's so much to talk about this was, I feel like 2016 was a big year this was for, a great year yeah, guys. it was there was a lot great year um, but before great we get too year. far ahead of ourselves Theo on the last episode I don't know if you actually listen to the podcast when you're not on it I feel like you don't um, but We'll talk about that off air. Um, yeah. Last episode, we yeah, talked about loyal. <laughs> last last episode, uh, we talked about Rogue One. Um, I've yes. seen it two more times since then. I'm guessing you might have seen it once or twice. I, uh, I I I was out of town. I left when the film came out, so I had to wait until last night. Uh, when we were chatting offline, how you were saying that you were going to see it again, um, and I had not even seen it. At that point. Okay. All right. So, that's fair. Uh, being out of t- it's the holidays. Being out of town counts. And, and it sucked. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, yeah. Um, Not it Rogue sucked. One. Uh, Not seeing it sucked? Or no, Rogue no, One no. Sucked? no, no, no. Please, sir. No. Um, <laughs> no, that I couldn't see it. That I had to, like, wait. You know, you guys know how hard it is trying to avoid Star Wars oh, news? Oh, God. Spoilers. Yeah, think, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think like, about that. everywhere, man. I'm dodging, like, Neo in the Matrix. Like, it was, I used to get an award for that. <laughs> Um, but yes, I did just see Rogue One uh, last night. Okay, your thoughts? Yes. <sighs> Man, um, so I'm pretty. I'm, I say I'm pretty high off of watching it still. I'm okay. pretty high off of watching it still, uh, and I definitely want to watch it at least two or three more times. Um, so I'm going to say this, but then I'm going to explain my reasoning behind it. Rogue One is arguably my favorite Star Wars film. Interesting. I used to be, I mean, I still love, you know, uh, uh, um, The Empire Strikes Back. That was my previous, like, fame, favorite one. Um, But here's the reason why for, because Rogue One to me, it's, it's, it obviously doesn't exist without standing on the shoulders of giants, right? I mean, like, like without Mm -hmm. doubt, without a doubt. But I feel that Rogue One has done something for me that I've been wanting a Star Wars thing to do, and that is give me some real stakes with real people. Yep. Just from the get-go. Made you care about the seeing, whole thing. Like, I mean, but like seeing like like seeing the Empire, like seeing these 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 stormtroopers and the different forms of the troopers, like just ruling with an iron thumb. 
Like yeah. these guys are like, you know, it's like the Gestapo, you know what I mean? Like, like anytime you see like a, a you know, like hostile takeovers and stuff like that, and you can't avoid these stormtroopers anywhere. You're seeing the power that, and, and they, they don't shy away from it. And you, you keep seeing how the empire keeps having their hand in everything. Like it's so, it was so like refreshing before. And this is before like the story really even got started just to be like, okay, like, we're away from the Jedi. We're away from all this other stuff. Like, we're just talking here about, like, some people, like, this father, this daughter, you know, like, mm. just, like, these guys' stories alone. We're seeing how the Republic, um, um, I mean, excuse me, the, the Rebel Alliance, they're not even on the same team. You know, like, we, we watch the, the, the newer movies and we're like, oh, it's just, you know, the Empire and the Rebels. Like, that's, that's it, right? That's such a good point. But, that's such a good but point. Like, yeah, I want to elaborate like on that They're not all on the same team. You know, like, someone like, hey, we should surrender. We should, I'm like, what? You know, like we didn't get a chance to see that, that, that part, you know, and, 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 and see these kind of stakes when um, I'm forgetting his actual name, but I know it's Mars. Uh, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Um, he plays the father. Oh, uh, Mads, Mads Mickelson. Mads. Yeah, 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 he, Mads was, uh, he yeah. played uh, Galen Erso. Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that guy. Um, I was thinking of was Hannibal from uh, the show. Short <laughs> yeah. Live, a really good show. Yes. Um, Agreed. When he talks about, I had to do this thing because if I if I didn't, they would, uh, you know, they would find a way to do it, you know, without, without me. me. Yeah, that's that's an that's an incredible statement in itself. But then he goes on to say, like, I had to make myself invaluable to this team, like, so that means that you know this guy is putting in the extra work, the extra research, like he has to work twice as hard, you know, for this thing. Oh, like that, that's a deep. That's a deep concept. Yeah. So you know, he immersed um, himself into the ideology of the empire. Yeah, like but he still held on to the belief that he was there to destroy their plan. Which, exactly. as we find out, uh, so I, I do want to. I want to elaborate on something you said for sure. That's, yes, I definitely agree that this movie showed the the Star Wars that I think a lot of the extended universe fans have been kind mm -hmm. of immersed in all these years that we've wanted mm -hmm. the mainstream Star Wars fans to kind of grasp and understand and, and get excited about and, and kind of, you know, geek out over. And I think that was the coolest thing is like people can get excited about a Star Wars film that doesn't have flashy lightsaber battles and yes. these choreographed fights and all these, all the powers and stuff like that. It was, it was interesting. It was exciting. It was dude. People was were cheering in the theaters. It was sad. It was tragic. It was, it, it, it was a good film. And, and you're man, right. It, it just, I mean, if it made me literally appreciate a new hope, even because I don't no. really like a new hope that much as a movie. I'm I'm so glad if you guys don't mind, I'm gonna jump back in because like I'm so glad you said that, Adrian. Because like when at the very end, obviously they introduced they introduced Darth Vader, and like by the time like I, I forgot, you know, because like you said, like we're so used to you know like 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 you know the dazzling uh, uh, displays of the Force and stuff like that. Yeah, but like. When they say at the very end, we'll take care of the troops, we'll take care of the alliance on the ground, Lord Vader will handle the ships in the air. I was just like, the alliance has no chance at <laughs> all. At all. Yeah. Like, because I, I forgot, you know what I mean? Like, how, like, I'm like, at, 
at all. None of these guys have a chance. And then it just transitions beautifully, obviously, into the intro of A New Hope. You know, like complete with the uh, with the uh, the you know the the guy popping up on the screen as the camera pulls back and we see Vader walk in, like transitioned perfectly to that scene. Mm. But then we're seeing Vader just more shots of him just cutting through, you know, like just cutting through, just marching through these things. These guys don't have a chance. Like, uh, and 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 obviously, I again saw it yesterday, so you know, Carrie uh, Carrie Fisher, you know, just had uh, passed away early that wow. morning. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I'm watching, and I'm just like, these guys do not have a chance at all of anything they're doing. Even though, yeah, we've obviously always seen the New Hope and stuff like that, but then we see the handoff, and and we see Princess Leia, you know, and and, and it's, all this stuff is going through my mind. And then she's just like, this is giving us hope. And that's the first thing I thought of. Adrian was just that, like, this puts a New Hope in such a crazy perspective because exactly. we've seen all this stuff now we see all this stuff that just happens and right after that well we she was talking about well, that's what she was talking about before she died was hope right yeah yeah before they died yeah. she was talking yeah. about hope wait what, you oh, mean before she before she passed away or what what, what do you mean i'm confused yeah before wasn't she the conversation away, before she was, she her and always... died on the beach oh yes 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 hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about uh, Princess Leia. No, no. Uh, Hope has, was a strong point. Was a strong thing throughout that entire film, throughout yeah. the entire entire film. Well, um, and also, it also kind of throws Episode Four into. Well, uh, the other thing I, I did like about it was something you mentioned, where it kind of put Darth Vader back at the top of the totem pole in terms of just how oh, badass he is. I think the the prequels did a bad job of kind of showing. How, because they kept coming up with all these different troopers that could beat Jedi. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, well, there, there's so many of them. And then there was that one battle scene where it's literally like a hundred Jedi versus a hundred droids. And I'm like, dude, there's no. What are you, are you insane? Like, there's no way a droid can stand up to a Jedi. The one Jedi could cut all those guys down. I think this it's like it's like a regular droid that can shoot, but like a droid that has like a rapid fire. Like, hey guys, I don't know. I, this droid I just watched in. one, two, and so, three, and I enjoyed them very much. I actually think one, two, and three hold up. Really, I, 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 I like them a lot. Before actually. on this podcast, and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we need to watch them together so I can point out. Well, and then, and then also, you're, you have also said, I think. Don't quote me on this, but I think you said that you're not a fan of four, five, and six as much as one, two, and three. Or am I making that up? I feel like I'm making that up. Uh, I'm not a fan of four, five, and six as much as one, two, and three. Okay, I'm no. not making that up. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I, I, I. I I like Empire Strikes Back a lot. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I I think Return of the Jedi is kind of comic, comic-y, kind of kitty a little bit aside aside from the whole big reveal. Um, it is. I, I uh, well, I mean, there's the is that the one with the Ewoks? Am I yeah. getting those backwards? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. yes yeah. I didn't. I didn't necessarily love the Ewoks. <laughs> Yeah, taking out they're taking out ATST walkers with logs. Um, okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> but that, but that's the thing. Like that's the thing about about like you know about this one and like it it just it made the stake it makes the stakes of of a new hope so much bigger now because it's yeah, just like 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 what chance does this kid who's shooting you know rats out you know like yeah. off this forbidden I mean not forbidden but you know this forsaken planet. And this old self-exiled Jedi, what chance do they have? We just saw like what it takes, you know. Like what kind of what kind of hope is that? Uh, I, it, oh my goodness, man! I, I 
Rogue One, it was everything I wanted to see in a Star Wars thing. And, you know, and again, like I said, like it builds on the fact that like I can say that because I have seen this other stuff and like so much of a good thing. It's like I really just want a palate cleanse. And you guys saw how I feel about The Force Awakens, you know, like I was like, this is to me, it's just so much more of the same thing. But yeah. like for this movie, I was, oh, my goodness. Oh, my man. Just, it made me like Force Awakens more. And I didn't really? like Force Awakens. How so? I sat up, up there and watched Force Awakens, and I actually enjoyed Force Awakens a little bit more because of Rogue One. Hmm. In, because in of the story. Because I, I I saw the very first story of well what of film story of that led into this whole genre. Mm. You know what I mean? So for me it's like uh, episode uh, seven is just the very end cap of Rogue One, you know? Mm, mm, okay, I see what you mm. mean. Yeah, that's so, interesting. So, I mean, like you said, how you've been immersed into the extended universe of Star Wars for a very long time, mm-hmm. but that's only in um, uh, written. Or was the Disney, re- or was the uh, Disney releases of Star Wars Rebels and uh, Clone Wars, is that no longer canon? No, anything Disney has released. So Rebels and the Clone Wars are both canonical. Okay. Um, but like there were some the... Rebel shout-outs kind of in the movie. Yeah, the Hammerhead uh, was mm-hmm, from Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> I mean, they literally said, like, bring in a Hammerhead. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, anything, all the Disney stuff is, is canon. And uh, I mean, I love everything... That part was dope, by the that way. That was awesome. Yeah. That was so unexpected. I mean, it gave you everything. They gave you space. They gave you land battles. They gave you man. People. I mean, it was. The, oh, that's what I wanted to comment on. That's what like, I wanted to piggyback like, on something you said, Theo. On the destruction of the Death Star, just the level of destruction that it showed, like those were real serious consequences. Did it feel for some reason it felt more real when they destroy yes. a city than seeing them blow up an entire planet or a number yeah. of planets. So well, here, so here's my, my, here's my thoughts behind that. Like, I think that like we, when we see like, like destroying a planet, the thing is, is that like, we don't have like a judge of like how much destruction is really happening. You know what I mean? Because it's just like at the, at the end of the day, it's just like a big rock kind of blowing up. Yeah, but like when we first saw a uh, Forrest Whitaker's character from his point of view of like see like just the walls of like Earth falling up, like we we can realize what's kind of what that's like. Mm. It makes us feel more like instead of just observing from afar, we are we are very much involved in it. Yeah, mm. well, that's a good. Point. And I I think that at least that's how I felt. Like like it's kind of like okay, we're not going to have like this safe kind of viewing of it. You know what I mean? Like perspective of the Empire. It's just like nope. This is what it's like when you're here. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you and see I feel this like explosion, I, and you have, it looks like you have time to get out, but I mean, you don't. You but don't. Like, yeah. Uh, and I feel like in episode four and in episode seven, um, both of those films do a really bad job of showing the impact of a destroying an entire planet with you know five to eight billion people on it. Yeah. And then in yeah. episode seven. They blow up a star system. 
Yeah, and exactly. I mean, it's just the, like, okay, all right. Yeah, like Han Solo looks up and he looks kind of sad for like two seconds. But it's like, but I mean, I'm sure you knew people in the Resistance. You knew people that were yeah. that were in the <laughs> like. Some like of your friends just died. System. Like, like <laughs> bro, they just blew up an entire star system. Like, can we can we take a moment? Like, but no, yeah. and, and that's like off to the next adventure. Like, that's why I really like Rogue One because like it forces you to to simplify it, right? It's like when they pull up a source thing, it's like the very base of a pyramid. Man, I mean, I guess there's there's a lot of blocks that make up this mama pyramid. Like, can I care for all of them? But like Rogue that was their, in the Rogue One, that was their point. first test fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first two test fires were in Rogue One of the of the whole facility. So then it, it raises the interesting question of, of and I know we're spending a lot of time on Rogue One, but uh, it raises the question then of like, hey, what else did they destroy? Because there was a lot of time. Uh, uh, well, no, I guess not. I guess not. I was thinking, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of episode three to episode four. But I guess between Rogue One and episode four, there's actually only about 10 minutes. So yeah, not I really. wonder if there were any other firings of the Death Star kind of off screen that they could explore. Um but no, I guess not, huh? I guess that would be the only the only three. Yep. Interesting. Um, the other thing that they... I, I feel like this is... Uh, I don't know if I got to mention this in the last review that we did, but uh, I feel like this is Disney kind of nodding a little bit towards some of the Extended Universe content because in the role-playing game, they mention a number of times that the Death Star never had an official designation. And there's mm. a whole scene in this movie where Darth Vader makes a big deal about how the Death Star doesn't exist and this and that. And it serves mm-hmm. no purpose other than to, A, give Darth Vader a reason to meet with Krennic and be in the movie. And B, to kind of nod towards the fans of like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe this is a way for them to say, hey, we're, we are looking at that EU content for those of you nerds out there that care about it. We just kind of being cautious about how we bring it into the mainstream universe. So I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. I so far so, so, so good. So I'm, I'm curious. So 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 wait. So what are you saying? As in like, like like Darth Vader did not acknowledge the Death Star. No, I, I never in, read really any you. So so if you if you read if you read like the role playing game books and stuff like that, they went uh-huh, really uh-huh. deep on like the Empire and how the Imperial military structure worked and what all the ranking insignias. I mean, you could get really yeah. really lost in the details. One of the major details about the Death Star was that it did not officially exist. Like everything in the empire was cataloged and written down and this and that. And like, if you were assigned to the death star, you were, um, you were given this fictional assignment to something called Sentinel base, which never existed. Um, there was no catalogs of it. Once the records were destroyed, um, there was no official record of it anywhere. I Uh, see. So that's so why it was we, all clandestine. Yes, for sure. It was like it was one like, of the, it was like a, it was all like an Area Fifty One. Yeah, basically, it was a gigantic Area Fifty One that could blow up planets. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that, and but I feel like that scene kind of jumped out at me because they never reference it again. It's not like you know some imperial comes and looking for the Death Star or something like that, and and he has to say it doesn't exist or something. It's literally just that scene. And they, the, do they even call it the Death Star, or do they call it Stardust? No, they call it the. Oh uh, well, um, Galen Erso specifically calls it the Death Star. Yeah, he, they call. Yeah. Wait, so what does Vader say? Because I remember, do you remember exactly what he says? Uh, uh, he says something like, "There is no Death Star. The Death Star doesn't exist." Uh, something like that. I, I'd have to go back and watch it again. I don't remember the exact line. Because I, I know what he said. The, the, actually, the first thing that I thought of. Uh, 
but it, I don't know if he was even saying like like that, but it sounded to me like he was saying like, uh, remember in, in New Hope, you know, like the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant, you know, on the, to the power of the force, you know, or whatnot. Um, and I was wondering if it was more of a relation to like that type of thing, like how everyone's harping on like this new weapon. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, no, no. But yeah, yeah. I, I no, know. he was definitely but saying I, I like, watch it again. Yeah, he um, was definitely saying like, this is off the books. Like you need to stop talking about this thing. you. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, but anyways, I don't want to linger on that. I just thought it was interesting because of those kind of two shout outs to the extended universe. If that is an Easter egg, um, the hammerhead was definitely an Easter egg. So um, I, I hope they do start kind of pulling some more of that extended universe content in and kind of accepting and acknowledging that there's this kind of rich legacy of star Wars history, you know, um, and Knights of the old Republic. I, I hope they really kind of dig into that stuff with the Boba Fett, movie if it's true that they're making that um you know the mandalorian stuff uh, i don't know i could geek out about this forever now, but. now i i will say you know i will say this though like i i'm still not excited about the other possible spinoffs no for real um, especially especially if they're prequels yeah oh okay not, really i'm this yeah, is i'm really yeah. interested i do want to linger here because that's because i feel uh, adrian go ahead were you there was yeah is that was that you trying to say something no, no, no. That was uh, I was looking up some information. And... Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, mm. I I definitely feel like Rogue One made me more excited for more anth. I guess they're calling it saga for the main number yeah. of films, and then mm-hmm. anthology for the um, for the like off the, the one off films. I'm sure somebody will correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I, I think that's what I heard. So the anthology films, the kind of standalone films, I'm I'm definitely more if they're all of this quality, um, I'm definitely more excited for them. The only thing I would want to see them do is make if you're going to call them standalone films. Now that we've done Rogue One and everyone's got the buy-in on the anthology stuff, I want more truly standalone films. I want more films that don't require the prequels or the you know episode four, five, and six to exist. Because if you just if if you'd never seen episodes one through six, and you watched Rogue One, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's you, true. You don't know no, who no, anybody no, I, is. I agree with you. I agree absolutely with you with that. That part, yeah, I so, definitely agree with you. So yeah, so I would want to see more. I'd want to see them stretch out a little bit more, I guess, right? More like more stuff like the Clone Wars, where we know who everybody is, but we don't necessarily have to go back and watch episode four, five, and six to get our feet wet and kind of get invested in the characters. So if they can do that and we'll see, I guess with the Han Solo film, if that happens, cause they're saying that it doesn't lead into or, or stem from, it doesn't follow one, two and three, and it doesn't lead into four five or six. It just kind of tells its own little story. So if that's true and that actually happens, then I'm more excited for the future of star Wars. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. I will say this. I'm definitely more optimistic after Rogue One, but I'm, I'm still not super excited for a, okay. for a Han Solo film, though. But, but I'm much more optimistic after watching Rogue One. You're more optimistic. Um, it all depends on who they get to play Han Solo. Well, well, for I guess me, he's been. A, me, I, I think they got I him, know, didn't they? Yeah, they've already got the guy. Like for me, the only, the main thing I was always having Rogue One for is because I knew at the end of the day, they're giving me these six, seven characters. And none of them I know are in Star Wars, like A New Hope. So it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen to these guys. 
Some may live, some may die. I literally, the only thing I know is that they're somehow going to get the plants, right? Like yeah. that's the only thing that was an actual given. Now it's like, now think about a Han Solo film. It's like, okay, so we have Han, we're going to have, probably have Chewie, we're going to have Lando. Like, I know these guys are going to make it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of, I mean, it's kind of the problem with prequels kind of in general because it's like, well, you know, they're going to make it no matter what, yeah, you know, like, yeah. so that's, that's, that's really my main thing about a Han Solo film. It's like, I'm sure Han's going to, that's a valid you know, point. That's a very valid point. Yeah. Job of the Hutt somehow, you know, and stuff like that, you know, like, yeah. they'll, they'll probably be good, but it kind of takes the, the main suspense away. Right. That's at least fair. for me, at least for yeah, me. That's fair. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, Han's going to live, you know, Lando's going to live, you know, they're probably going to bump into R2 and C3PO at some point. Cause they have to They'll find a way. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, yes, yeah, so there's certain things where it's like, okay, they, the, the, the immediacy is kind of sapped out of it a little bit. I, yes. I get that. That's, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, okay. So, so, uh, um, I don't know. Would you want to give it a number rating? What would you, let's give it an A to, a to F. What would you give uh, rogue one? A star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Story? An a plus. Absolutely. For me. Absolutely. For sure. Plus. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. That's about, I, I mean, I feel like it's I'm, the best I've seen of, of all the star Wars. I mean, uh, it, it gave me the most consequences and yeah. Yeah. I'm done talking yeah, about it. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Well, let's move on then. Uh, we spent a little, little long on that, a little longer than I wanted to, but um, we had to let Theo get his rocks off about it. Since thank he- you guys. <sighs> so that is better. So 2016 so, was a big. Go ahead, Adrian. 2016. Yeah, 2016 was a big year for pop culture as far as movies, events, and things like that. Uh, it's kind of hard to categorize what was the most significant or what was my most favorite. Uh, do you guys have anything on the top of your heads where it stands out as your... I'd blab to know, Damien. I want to hear yeah, what you're got. So what I did was for this year, um, I was going to try something different. I just did my top three best and worst things of the year. Uh, just my, my top three best and worst nerd. I'm sorry. My top three best nerd events of the year. And okay. rather than doing like, you know, my top three games and then my top three films and then my top three conventions and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just think that these were the three things that I think back on the year and I'm like, damn, I'm really glad that happened or I got to experience that. Um, so yeah, I can do my three. If you guys want me to kick it off here. Okay. Yeah. So at number three, I think I have to put Luke Cage. The TV show, the Netflix original show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix originals Oof. has been consistently good, but what I liked about Luke Cage is I think uh, Theo described it best when he called it unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. I like that it started a conversation about diversity that we weren't having before. I like that a lot of my friends were approaching me and now they're suddenly asking me about this black iconic superhero that they didn't know anything about beforehand, but now they're suddenly interested in him. Um, in a very genuine way, you know, uh, it made Luke Cage cool. And yeah. it also made kind of, I, I, I don't want to say black superheroes because, they, you know, Black Panther, and I think, paved the way for, for those sorts of things. But it kind of brought this general sense of diversity can be cool into the mainstream. So for that, I've got to give it one of my notable spots for the year. Um, and it was a good show. It was a rock and I mean, pfft, 
it was an mm-hmm. amazing show on top of all the the conversations that it started and, and the last all sorts episode. of things yeah it was, it was great um, all the way up until the last episode yeah i mean they it was that was kind of ham-fisted but yeah um, I, the twists were very interesting yeah um i don't want to give too many spoilers here but uh if, if spoiler, nerdy nerdy act podcast is spoilerific. That's true. <laughs> we always say that, and I'm still so so nervous about spoilers. I know how fr- like frantic people get about the spoilers, but yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just a good a good show overall, uh, and I like that it had broader kind of ripple effect throughout the the mainstream kind of viewing community. So that's number three. Um, number two would have to be everything related to gaming. So I know it's a broad category, so I'll narrow it down. But um, I just noticed that this year, 2016, more people were getting into gaming. Gaming seemed to be a lot more accessible. There was more good games coming out this year. Um, We got a lot of really good sequels. Uh, um, What's it called? Dishonored 2, Witcher 3 got its last DLC. Final Fantasy 15 came out. There's just so much good stuff came out this year that I feel like it was just a really good year to be a, a, a longtime gamer. Um, so that's kind of my number two. And then my number one would be Disney Marvel LucasArts. Um, everything they did this year landed perfectly. Um, Kathleen Kennedy is amazing. She is definitely uh, taking LucasArts to the next level in terms of everything she's doing over there. So I couldn't pick just one thing that Disney did this year that kind of made them stand out on my radar. Uh, But just literally just everything they're doing right now is just quality. Marvel is delivering. They're firing on all cylinders. LucasArts is delivering great storytelling. They're they're taking the franchise in a direction I think that's genuine and fun and exciting and, and bringing people back to Star Wars. And then Disney is just, with their animation, is still the reigning champion. I, I don't think they've... I mean, they had that period in the 90s where they were bad, but this year particularly, they've just done a great job. So, um, yeah, I think that D- Disney as a whole uh, kind of gets my nod for this year as being the top nerd event of the year. Ooh, so, cool. I know mine were kind of broad, but uh, that's those no, were the three fun. things that kind of were on my mind at the end of the year. Um, all right. That was uh, good. I, I agree with that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with uh, my number three. Um, oh, uh, my number three for this year would have to be uh, just Marvel Comics. Uh, Ooh, oh, that's strong. Damn it. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I, they dominated the, uh, for me, in my opinion, in, in just reading, they just dominated the whole comic book industry. DC, for most of this year, was very uh, disjointed, with their comics and their storylines and uh they they said it was all because they moved from new york to to la mm. and since they moved to la they have picked up the pace again with their stories mm. but uh marvel has just been very consistent they've introduced a lot of new characters they got a lot of good storylines uh so everything with marvel comics would be my a number three Excellent. Wow. Okay. Uh, number two. Uh, 
I would say... I would just say that overall, 2016 was just an entertainment fest at the movie theaters just in general. Yeah, yeah. Just to be able to go watch a movie at the theater or or an event or just get in line. I mean, I know we we do this all the time, but I the excitement about being there to see the show or, or, or to see a, a movie that is based on characters that you love or a culture that you love, it, after the buildup of trailers and us going back and forth and debating them, it all pays off once we see it in the theater. Absolutely. So uh, that would be uh, my number two. But I have to say that this was the first year where my number one where I would say that internet streaming programming like Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon, they kind of took my entertainment level for the first time mm. to, to the number one position because they offer so much. I mean, then you got you got a whole nother level of the Marvel Universe on Netflix that... Mm-hmm. Can, that is being explored. You have a whole nother level of original programming that is being explored that wouldn't necessarily always make it on network programming. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, for me, it's just every aspect of what I like about entertainment and being a nerd, uh, uh, is is such a broad view when when you say uh well marvel comics took the comic book industry uh movie theaters just in general just the experience of going to the movies and just how netflix and just internet streaming kind of because there was periods where there wasn't a good movie for me to really even go see yeah you know at the movie theater you know because you know there's dead times and a lot of times I would just put on a good show or, 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 or rewatch the entire Daredevil season one, season two, Jessica Jones, you know, do a little marathon like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the, or, or House of Cards pre- premiere. I mean, there's oh, a lot House of, of things. Cards was so good. So season it's, four it's was just, so it's good. It's just like when Netflix, these things come on, it's just such an anticipation because you know you got a 13-hour movie you're going to watch, you know? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. watched uh, Stranger Things, actually, uh, a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, I got to get caught up on that. Yeah. That's I've heard such good things. I want to see it before I haven't season two it, drops. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was so disappointed in myself for being so late to the party. And I can immediately see now why there's a pre. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, but you see now, like, there's always going to be a need for a movie theater. There is. But... Now you you see that internet streaming is the future of my, of how we watch television. Really, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if if people really want to get their 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 shit to be seen, it's it's much easier with things like internet streaming. And I feel like we've talked about that a little bit before, but uh, you know what we didn't talk about, and this is maybe something for a future podcast is. Uh, um, 
the rise of internet streaming has forced network television to up their game. Because yeah. oh yeah, we I think we did talk about the Flash. Dude, the oh, Flash yeah. is good, man. It is a good show. Um, um, but we didn't yeah. talk about like Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is a really good show for that audience. Um, you know, maybe it's not for for the three of us, but I've watched yeah. a couple of episodes, and it's a well done show. It's basically mm-hmm. like a you know a, a fantasy soap opera, and it's got a lot of people watching it. And the production values, I think, have had to raise their game, or I'm sorry, they, they've had to raise the production value because of the content that's coming out on these streaming services. They're trying to keep them them eyeballs, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's all everything Netflix is doing, everything Amazon's doing with like the man in the high castle and all that stuff. It is all good. And and the quality of you guys watched the man in the high castle. I started watching it. I was, I was, kind I of that show is like scary. Good. Dude. I've, I've been, I've had bad luck with Philip K. Dick adaptations. Cause I've read all of his material and the only, the only adaptation I've liked so far has been minority report. Mm-hmm. Almost every other one, even Blade Runner was like, I'm, I like Blade Runner as a movie, but not as a Philip K. Dick adaptation. Um, so I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but I've heard good things. I've heard. I've watched, I've watched both seasons and if I'm a history buff and not only am I a history buff, but I have for a 43 year old black man from Chicago, an unhealthy obsession <laughs> with Nazi culture. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like my my wife gets on me all the time because if there's anything about Nazis on History Channel or whatever, I watch there. it. I, I watch it. What's uh, the fascination? What 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 what's so um, interesting? I I'm terrified at the mere fact that they were real. Oh, interesting. That's... That their mechanism, their efficiency of murder, their mass, their, 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 the way that they not only discovered or created or utilized technology, but they utilized it for the purposes of destruction and murder. You know what's so interesting? I think that's the first time I've heard that thought voiced that way. I think because we've had so many kind of fan fantasizations, I guess, or I, 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 um, obviously that's not a real word. We've had so many like reimaginings of the Nazis, like castle Wolfenstein and, yeah. and the movies and things like that, where they start getting in or, or mm-hmm. uh, Hellboy is another good example where they were infused with like this almost supernatural power and this and that, that I think we kind of do get disconnected from the no. fact that they, they were, were real. real. Yeah. Just, and, and 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 to be honest, I, I, I'm gonna tell you this, man. I personally, and, and it's just one of my theories. Oh, I, feel I don't think controversial coming. I, feel I don't think bones. that the Nazis lost the war. I, I think. Knew, it, I think I knew it was going to be controversial. I I think <laughs> that the perception of them losing was all a facade, and the Nazi high command all escaped. They did. Really? Well, I mean, you got to look at it, all right? I'm going to... Warner Von Braun, you know who he is, right? Yes. Yep. He was the chief scientist. He was the chief scientist of the rocket propulsion program for the SS Nazi Empire. 
Right. Operation Paperclip. Yeah, all, Operation, the, okay. yeah, yeah. all the Americans did was they took what, what, 1,600 or 2,000 Nazis and moved them over to America, gave them diplomatic immunity, put them in the NASA program. Right. I'm, I'm watching this documentary right now. Uh, it's called Hunting Hitler, where his second, third, and fourth in command of of the entire outfit of Nazis all escaped to like South America and had so, families. So I, I do just want to say though, I see what you're saying, but but I think I think it's an important distinction to say like that. Like just because people survive more or less doesn't necessarily mean that like you didn't lose, but I see what, I see what you're saying. But I, I mean, man, look at yeah, the world. Think, if I'm wrong, I, now, I think going from I think going look from, at the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at the world that we live in right now, the same forces that created people like Hitler to come into power, right? Hitler came into power because he was able to utilize a new technology in a way that nobody had done it before, and that was the radio. Mass media, right. Mass media, right. He was able to circumvent the ruling government because he had radio broadcasts criticizing the government. Didn't, and the people turned against the government. What, what uh, symbolic symmetry do we live in right now? What is going on in the world right now? Yeah, but but I don't. I I, I kind of see what both of you guys are saying. I see what Theo's saying, and I kind of I kind of lean that direction. I feel like saying, I feel like saying the Nazis won the war because there are a small subset of people now that espouse neo-Nazi ideals, and those people are becoming more prominent in mass media. I think those are two totally different things. I, I feel I. And you know what's funny is I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast on the way home, and he was talking about these statistics where we're actually living in one of the most peaceful times in human history. No, I, I understand that we are, but before World War One and World War Two, there was a period of great peace, also, almost but, but, exactly the way that we are interpreting it right now. I. I People don't have were, the data. I haven't watched enough documentaries to be on your level, I don't think. But I, I There was feel... a period of peace where people were living in middle-class lives. And, you know, it, it, it was almost exactly the way it is right now. It, it, and my, the reason why I'm saying this is that because, and I'm kind of like venturing off in a little bit more of a political well, Go, man. Go, go. But, this, is, this is the nerdy act. We're talking uh, about everything. My fear is this, right? Is that like you now have Trump, who is going to be technically the most powerful person in in the universe? Let's just say that because we as humans don't know anything outside of the universe other than God. But he will be the most powerful person with the ability to do whatever and command whatever at just a word. And he is a tyrant on Twitter. And he and his followers and the people that follow him are going off of his every word. And I I take the time to actually look at the comments that all of his followers make. And 
millions of people no longer trust the mainstream media anymore. Mm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Millions. I'm talking about it's almost at the point to where when you it, when you start seeing these uh, news broadcasts ratings drop because nobody's watching them anymore. That means we're in trouble, dude. That means Trump can say whatever the hell he wants on Twitter. And nobody would know any of the wiser because nobody trusts anything that's being said on the news. You know what? I think you might have just changed my 2016 worst. The worst of 2016. <laughs> I think I'm going to change mine. I'm not going to tell you what it is quite yet. Because uh, we haven't gotten to Theo's best. But I, 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 um, I'm not trying to diminish your point. I, I, I see what you're saying. I think we are in a point now, though, where both sides have the ability to be more vocal. The only thing that worries me is something that you haven't really commented on, and that's this this rise of of this kind of echo chamber culture, this tribalism culture, where yeah, you can surround yourself with people that only with with only people that agree with you exactly. and that will bolster your point. But that's happening on both sides. We're, we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing not only the destruction of the middle class, but we're also seeing the destruction of the moderate opinion. Like you can't yeah. have a moderate opinion anymore. If you do, you're 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 either you know if you're talking to somebody on the right, they call you a, a cuck, or you're you're not you're, you're weak, yeah. or this or that. If you're talking to somebody on the left, they they say you're not an ally, or blah blah blah. You know, both sides are kind of retreating. I call it circling the wagons. Both sides are like circling their wagons more and more and more and more. Um, but I think it's only a war of ideas. I think that's the difference now between the modern era and the pre-World War One era is in, you know, prior to World War One, you would if you had a grievance with somebody, you would grab a pistol and go try to assassinate them. Well, now we're seeing that it's more idealistic, it's more conversational, it's more political, it's more activism. Um, we're not necessarily seeing people rush out and grab a nine millimeter and try to shoot Trump or something like that. You, you know what I mean? Where well, before World War One, that was a we haven't seen it yet. I, I don't because, necessarily think like that, literally he hasn't even been president yet. And it seems like he's been president for four years already. Right, right. Dude, it hasn't even really been freaking a month and a half. Right. He's not even, he hasn't even taken office yet. And I feel like people are already forgetting, like uh, Obama actually had come out and remind people like, Hey, you know, I'm still, I'm still the president for it seems a like few weeks. Been president for three years already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that was, uh, sorry to uh, go off topic. No, no, no. That was interesting. That was yeah. definitely interesting. Um, I don't want to. I, I want to get Theo's top three in, but uh, I do think that we're in a very. Um, I don't know if it's an actual Chinese proverb. I think we just. I think Westerners just kind of made it up. But uh, that curse, you know, may you live in interesting times. Yeah. I think we are definitely living in interesting times that people, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty years from now are going to look back at and talk about in in the same way that we talk about World War One, World War Two. Um, yeah. there's a lot going on and there's, there's a lot of, I mean, look at the popularity of Bernie Sanders, um, and look at the popularity of this actually ties back into what's near and dear to us. I think the rise of these superhero movies and why people are flocking to these very black and white depictions of what's good and what's bad and, and the light side of the force, the dark side of the force, you know, these are the heroes, these are the villains. I think it's getting a little murky. 
in real life on what's good and what's bad, what's ethical, what's not, you know, can I, what's, what's the right thing to say? What's not, you, you know, it's, it's life is getting more complicated and there's a lot more kind of stress and drama and all these things. And it's, it's comforting to go see a movie where Captain America is the good guy and he knocks out the bad guy. And I think that's why these movies are doing so well is this is something that nerds have known for a long time is it's kind of nice to go read a story and, you know, you see the X-Men win and you're like, Hey, that's great. They won. They knocked out the bad guy kind of thing. So, well, I don't know. I, you know that's I, just an idea I, that I've had. So I, you know, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that, like when you look at trends of, uh, you know, they were saying movies are the best um, reflections in, in, in any generation. You look at the movies that come out during a time period and you can usually tell, what the culture was like, you know, I mean, even just jumping back 10 years, look at the dark night films mm. and the complicated things they take with surveillance and stuff like that. And you look what was happening in real time. When you talk about uh, the Patriot at and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what happens in the next couple of years. Like what does our art begin to tell us, you know, about, about these things, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, and that's like, I, Whatever, whatever happens, I'm, I'm just curious to see what happens, you know. Well, and you raise an interesting point because that's something that we've seen in our lifetimes is we went from very complicated but mildly optimistic movies like uh, Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There was there's some other big ones around that time that were they were complex and, and there was a lot of shades of gray, but they were kind of had this this optimistic tone to them. We went from that to these very simplistic but still enjoyable stories about, you know, like a Rogue One is a very good example. I think the reason one of the reasons Rogue One did so well is it's a bunch of people that have kind of a gray moral past that come together to do something that is unequivocally good. Uh, you know what I mean? There's no you can't argue with destroying the Death Star as a good thing, right? Um, and I think people respond to that, even if they, even if it's subconscious or even if it's not necessarily a hundred percent articulatable, I, I think that's what they're responding to is they, they're, they're looking at this, they're looking at this film and they're kind of seeing themselves in it a little bit, you know, um, or they're what they would aspire to do in that situation, I think. Um, so anyways, that's, that's all very interesting. Um, but I'm more interested in Theo, your top three things of 2016 oh man guys this is really hard and a lot a lot of good happened in 2016 like i'm 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 just gonna cheat if that's okay with you guys do it can i just cheat and just give you a top five is that okay Okay, that's fine that's fine that's fine so so first of all there's a lot of good things that happen guys uh Negan's introduction. These are just like random things that kind of like I had to check off. Negan's introduction and Walking Dead, mm. Deadpool. I thought Star Trek Beyond, uh, the Logan trailer. Oh. You know the Nintendo Switch, Game yes. of Thrones, the Battle of the Bastards. There was so much. Okay, see, I wanted stuff. to say I wanted to say the Nintendo Switch, but technically that's 2017. You, okay, with the well, reveal. I feel, I feel I, I'm with you on the reveal. You some video game stuff, you know. So I was yeah. like, oh, well, he already kind of touched on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was so much incredible insane stuff um but here's like like mine are a bit more specific uh but here's like my top five favorite things of this year just in general okay um my my personal favorite things number five it's like it's not really a a, a nerd movie it was like this really small movie that came out called eye in the sky 
Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, it starts it stars Alan Rickman, um, and I think Helen Mirren is in it as well. It's it's pretty much it takes place like in not in one room, but you're 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 pretty much following like these intelligence people. Uh, they're looking to make a drone strike on a suspected terrorist that's like in a uh, in a village in a. Uh, in um, um the middle east okay and like the whole time they're just like debating do they do they you know like can they get all the civilians out there's like this little girl that keeps trying to sell bread by where the terrorist is at like it's it's a very small intimate movie but like it, it's something about it just stand i just i just really recommend it uh i and i in the sky it's one of alan rickman's last films if not his last film he did before he passed away uh, this year, um, yeah, just a really small, just always like one of those things kind of just sticks with me. So that's that was like my number, my number five, uh, number four, Arrival. Oh yes, that movie blew me oh, away. Man, it was so is that the one man. with uh, um, uh, uh, Lois Lane, whatever her name is, Lois Lane and uh, Hawkeye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie's good. Yes, yes, that, that's a great way to yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah, it blew me. Arrival was probably one of my top, top five sci-fi films of the past decade and a half. Is like, it? A, I mean, is it a thriller or is it a? Oh, have you seen it? No. Oh, oh man, you. I'm not going to say anything about this. Just watch it. I'm 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 asking you to watch it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to tell you anything. I want to know more. about it now. No, no, I can't. I need you to discover this movie for yourself. It's you like if I tried to tell you what Inception was about. I, I like saw it, yeah. I cannot tell you. I you like Damien? Am I right? I also am read I, the am book. Am I right? And um, it was not Ooh. as good as the book. I will say that. But I took it as it. It was good enough that I wanted to see it as its own thing. It's good. It's 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 hard to even talk about without and and this I don't want to give spoilers because I want you to experience it yeah, yourself. Yeah. Uh, not for the fans, of course, because we don't care about spoilers for you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's about perception and and oh man, uh, I don't God, I don't want to say I don't want to the words I want to use will give away the plot, so I'll just leave it at that. It's it's a very human story. That's told. No, no. I, I, let me back off. No, no. Just it's 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 a must watch. I'll put it that way. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, absolutely. But it's also absolutely. don't don't absolutely. don't go oh, into it thinking that see. it's the the trailers make it seem like it's this epic. It's a very small story. It's a very personal story. Yes. It's a very human story, and it's kind of a slow burn, but it's definitely worth oh, watching. hundred percent. I was riveted. Like I was riveted from the get go. I mean, if you like good sci-fi like this is your film uh-uh. man yeah. okay so that was your wait was that number three that was number four that was number four oh, okay my man. number three we're getting deep on is... we're getting emotional uh, we're only two Dude, man my number <laughs> my, my my number three is westworld Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. Took right. me. Man, he was digging deep. Off man. guard. That, and, that's, that's, and that's how good this year was. Like, this year, I mean, it could this year was so good. But Westworld took me so off guard. I remember I was watching it with, uh, we first saw trailers, my friend Bijan and I, we saw a trailer when it first came out earlier this year. Mm. And we were like, immediately 
sci-fi, like a hard sci-fi looking movie. I mean, looking TV show dealing with like, you know, uh, the choices people make and things like that. And you're putting it in a, in a, a Western setting. Mm. I actually remember seeing the original movie um, or read I, the book. I like vaguely remember so, the original movie. I, I do remember seeing it, but very vaguely, kind of in the same way I remember Rollerball. Like I remember <laughs> watching it, but I couldn't tell you like parts of it. Where, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like it, it, Westworld. Wow! If you if you just if you aren't watching Westworld, then I don't know what to tell you. Like I I don't know I don't even know what to what to, what to tell you. Um, there's nothing that I could tell you that your friends that the media, whatever. If you still trust the media, uh, hasn't told you. But um, Adrian, Adrian, are you watching Westworld? I watch it. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, you you know, like it's just oh oh my Jeffrey Wright. Are you kidding? Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Rachel. Uh, is it Evan Rachel Wood or Rachel Evan? Evan, Wood? I'm Evan not, Rachel Wood. Yeah. Evan yeah. Rachel Wood. Uh, uh, uh James Marston. Um, uh, the other the other guy who plays uh William. Man, that cast. The concept. Jonathan Nolan. You know they shot the pilot in 2014. Oh, what? 2014 is when they shot the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Like, phenomenal. Like, Westworld blew me away. Blew me uh, away. Hmm. Um, Number two, probably it's no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast. Number two, very specific of one of my favorite, if not my favorite film of the year, Spider-Man and Civil War. Ooh, yes. Okay, for sure. Yeah, you I guys know uh, how much I love me some Spidey. I uh-huh. feel like I wanted to get more specific with my top because that was definitely part of that Disney <laughs> magic yes. that happened this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely blanketed it a, 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 a very, very thoroughly. Like that. Every. I mean, just from the trailer, you know, to. Uh, Oh man, just everything like about this whole spite, like his little quips. Yeah, the quips uh, you know, were like I'm the quips were on point. I'm a big Andrew Garfield guy, but he made me a believer. Tom Holland made me a believer of it. Um, man, yeah, just, Spidey was just yeah everything. Everything about that. Everything about that was uh, was 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 great. Um, and my number one is not a movie or a comic or a show. But a person, mm. and that is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> really, number one. This is going to take some. This is going to take some explaining. What is there to explain, Adrian? Do you want to tell him? Do you want to tell him why? Do, do you want to number tell him one? why Dwayne okay. is the number one? I, I heard that dude. I felt like you understood where I was coming from. Man, I'm going to let you. Explain yourself. Go ahead. Man, listen. You might. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You might be out on your own on this one. Listen. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Electrify. Okay. And granted, he gave himself that name, but I thoroughly uh, endorse that. If you look at where this guy started out as, like, I mean, started, you know, coming from a family of wrestlers trying to make a name for himself, you know, like all this stuff, just from a wrestling allocates making the jump over into into to acting and stuff like that and then working at his craft to where he is now having created his own production company like i mean we're talking from 
from the new Baywatch film that's going to come out next year, Central Intelligence. You know, like, it's funny because, like, these movies, they're not, like, very, like, big kind of movies. You know, they're going to be, like, your big heavy hitters. What this guy has done, like, he's crafted a brand that I don't think we've seen really since Eddie Murphy back, like, in his heyday. Like, the guy can really do... Yeah, that's interesting. The guy can really do no wrong. And then you look at the Rock the Troops thing he just did. I don't know if you guys are... You know, you look at the stuff that he puts on Instagram, like, all these, like, hilarious, inspiring... Like, he finds that perfect balance, I think, between, like branding himself but like also you know like uh uh, finding poking humor and and fun into like whether just working out or being inspirational all this stuff like that um so i don't know if you guys watch ballers you know like he's he's shown like his versatility in so many things the the guy can literally do no wrong we you know he's like franchise viagra you know, that's what they call them on the SNL thing uh, <laughs> with the new Fast and the Furious movies coming out. Like, it, it's it's impossible. It's impossible for anyone who has who has some sort of caring or or, or just watches entertainment, period, to not know who he is. Which is really impressive if you really think about there's not too many people that have that kind of crossover appeal that stays there without like quote unquote selling out you know what i mean yeah i mean hulk hogan is is no like people know him but we don't know him for anything versus like being a caricature of himself yeah. right you know what yeah. i mean same with mr t and so that how many people like if you think of like the rock his wrestling name he doesn't really go by this name anymore you know like you don't think of him really as this seller guy you're just like oh yeah like he's in that funny movie over here but like yeah he's also in this show over here wait he just did this thing over here. Oh man! Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's. I, I agree. With, I, I, well, no, you know what? This is your he's, list. He's my yeah. number one. He's he's my number one for for, for twenty sixteen. Okay. Like the guy can do no wrong. I'm willing to debate that and oh. fight. Yeah, but all home. right. Okay. Well, yeah, it's your list, so I'm not gonna discredit <laughs> your list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely with you right up until there, though. Let's just put it that way. High, highest highest paid actor. You know what I mean? Not like, necessarily look, an I, indication of look, quality, man, but that's okay. Well, I like not, the rock, not, but let's man. face it. Let's let's face it. Look, I love Will Smith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't seen Collateral Beauty yet. Uh, uh, want to, but I, apparently it's not doing very well. You know, like uh, we all saw, you know, Suicide Squad. You know, like however regardless we feel about this stuff, we don't have to get in more in depth. Like we don't have. Uh, uh, the new crop of uh, actual movie stars, people who can green light a movie and guarantee butts in a seat. We don't have that really anymore. I mean, this is a franchise driven movie, a franchise driven industry, period. Period, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. I mean, it is. And now. you can yeah. argue, no, yeah. And, 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 and it kind of has been for the past, I'll say probably about the past five years. Like, if we want to be honest, you can definitely start seeing uh, uh, the slope sliding. You know, I mean, how many times have we talked about? a movie that we really enjoyed that the critics love, but like couldn't get butts in the seats. Yeah. You know, um, Dwayne, you know, like this is one of the last guys who actually can bring in and even pass these other action guys who kind of came and left, you know, Jason Statham, you know, uh, uh, Vin Diesel, like these kind of guys who like, we're just going to do action and action only kind of like the eighties. That can only get you so far. We really don't have a lot of these actors who have such crossover appeal with this kind of stuff, you that's, know, who has okay, the, that's a, that's a compelling yeah. point. That's a compelling point because we, you're right, we don't, we don't have those, 
we no longer have i mean even tom cruise isn't tom cruise anymore like tom cruise, tom can't cruise just, did, a, did anybody uh, did you guys still see the new jack reacher film no exactly and, and tom yeah and we, this is tom cruise how many people do we even have for when he came on in the 80s was that when like 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 when this yeah, first started I getting say, big? Yeah, I want to say he did what was it? Born on the Fourth of July, right in the eighties. That's when he first mm-hmm. kind of broke out. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, yeah. it's 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 just it's one. It's really you know, it's when you look at where he got started from. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's so funny because like people now don't even like. I would say younger generation, like my, my sister, my youngest sister, she's in college now. They don't think of him as Dwayne The Rock Johnson wrestler, right? They look, like at, him as as that they look at him as a movie star. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the guy who's like, he was like, you know, the fast. Well, I don't look at him like going. that anymore either. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I would definitely, like none of the points you're making individually, I would disagree with. But to put Dwayne Johnson over, let's say, I don't know. I'm just looking to pick something out of a hat here. Uh, Marvel, like Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Um, as a thing that happened in 2016. Yeah. For uh, you to just... Look, man. I'm a like that, Theo. I mean... Of, oh, the, man. of the Listen. number of things that you could have picked. I think uh, he's cool and all, but... You know, I, I wanted to smack him at Comic-Con when I saw But But once again, hey, it's man, your that's, list. That's my man. And, That's my man. Uh, I don't. Uh, I definitely don't want to diminish your list. I just. Don't, I, I wouldn't have put him that high on the list. We don't want to diminish I, your list, but we want to diminish your list a little. Yeah. Bit. Hey, listen. That's I mean, that's, that's, that's 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 perfectly fine, man. I'm just for a guy who came over here to 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 the U.S. for the first time had seven bucks in his pocket, and now he's you know. Is that true though? I mean, is that yeah? Have we looked into that. I mean, yeah, his dad was a seven bucks his pocket and his, his grandfather a was a wrestler. I feel like that's kind his of that, that story about Walt Disney had 20 bucks in his pocket and this and that. But he also, it's like, yeah, you might have had 20 bucks in your pocket, but you also had a bank account with a couple thousand dollars in it and parents that nah. would bail you out. So but no, like, but I mean, what you're saying, what The Rock is doing is is good for Hollywood, especially as far as him branching out into production and filmmaking and things. Well, like that. I think like, I mean, we, we, you know, well, Damon, I'm not sure how, how, how much you watch sports and stuff. Um, Adrian, I know, I know you, you watch, you know, sports and stuff like that, but a lot of times when you watch like these athletes, right? Like they get these big contracts and stuff like that. And then usually toward the later of the career, the later of their career, you can look at what Le- LeBron's doing now. You know what I mean? Like these guys are like, Hey, maybe I should start diversifying you know, my funds, maybe something a bit more outside of sports, right? It's like, you know, and LeBron's had, I think he's got his second show, he's executive producing and stuff like that now. Um, these guys want their money to start working for them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you know, when with actors, you know, you see that sometimes stuff too. Sometimes it pays off big, sometimes it doesn't, right? When these guys try to jump into different veins. But it's just really interesting, like, seeing, like, what The Rock is doing with these stuff, you know, getting these distribution deals lined up and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys watch Ballers. You know, it's one like their high, HBO's highest rated shows that Dwayne is also the star of and such like that. But like he's also getting a cup of a cut of it from since it's his own company that's producing the show. Mm. Like that's like it's 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 really smart business, you know, like because he's his own brand guy as well. You know, he's the one on these platforms like he's selling and pitching himself. So he's just investing into himself. Um, I think as a business person, 
there's a lot to be gleaned from that as well. Mm. You know, like this is a guy like on top of all this stuff, you know, you see he's like probably shooting 20 different movies literally today. He's still working out, you know, like waking up three hours early. It's I think like it's impressive, like looking at the work ethic and stuff itself. And just as a business person, that's all um, valid. And all the success he's had. I mean, it's it is impressive for a guy, you know, who used to say his catchphrase was, can you smell what the rock is cooking? That is it's so well, impressive. apparently the answer for Theo is yes. Yeah. Uh, so we will just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's on my bucket list to work with the rock, man. Yeah, it's on my it's on my well, you I, will. Hope he, you know. I hope he hears this Come podcast on, because you will definitely land a spot on something with all I, the uh... <laughs> If, if, uh... hey, hey, Adrian's the reason this 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 man trust with the rock started happening. Um, okay, <laughs> he got Adrian got me into Comic Con. Yeah, me and oh, the, yeah, the Hercules thing. Heart, yeah, yeah, I remember. We had that. our hearts a heart. Oh god, See? that was that was over the top. Um, we'll get you. That's cut. what it takes we'll to be cut, that man. large. That he's he's definitely larger than life. <laughs> um, okay, so um, now, uh, God, I don't worst. Know yeah. My worst, I, I flip flopped on my worst, but I think I'm going to go back to my original one. Um, but I want you guys to go first. Um, okay, I want to go first. Yeah, please. So do. My please do. Worst, worst of 2016. 2016. Now, I'm going to say this because I'm a nerd because of this guy. This was the, the, aside from comics and following comics, this was just like losing. My dad, my brother, but my worst was losing Prince this year. That was my worst. Mm. Uh, I kind of guessed that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of anything that really bothered me for a duration of a time. Like, literally, I, I literally shed tears almost every day, not like bawling, crying, but like, would literally think about it and like a tear would come to my eye all the way up until probably July. Mm. And he died in April. So that, mm. that bothered me a lot. It still bothers me, but I, I don't, I can, I can get by without shedding a tear now. It's almost surreal now because we've lost so many people since then that it's almost like a drop in the bucket compared, you know? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, you know what? And let me let me go ahead and piggyback on that because my my worst of 2016 was going to be uh, every celebrity death. Yeah, we just as fans, and obviously when we mourn these celebrities passing, we're really just kind of mourning their body of work and the impact yeah. they had on our lives because it's not like we knew them personally, you know. In in most cases. Um, but like uh, David Bowie, Alan Rickman, um, um, Vanity also passed away, Dave yeah. Mira, um, and even some of the smaller ones like, uh, uh, gosh, who was the one I was thinking of earlier today that I had actually forgotten about? Um, oh, man, there were so many this year. Well, and obviously more recently, Carrie Fisher passed away, Muhammad Ali we lost this year. Yeah. Um, I might have to look at a list, gosh, because we lost so many people. Um, oh, 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 uh, Chekhov, um, yep. Anton yeah, Yelchin. Yeah, that was the one that, that really kind of hit me. Yeah. 
and and I don't know that I had an emotional reaction to all of them like you did with Prince because I don't think any of the, the celebrities that have died so far have been that impactful to me, but it really made me understand how you know maybe ten years ago when certain celebrities were passing away, you know my mom and some of people the people in her generation were they were getting hit kind of hard. Yeah, and it really makes you understand like oh you know uh, like when Robin Williams died a couple of, uh, was it a couple of years ago last year. Yeah. Um, you you just think back on all the memories that that person helped you create, even though they weren't there physically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, watching Aladdin and, and, you know, you're in the theater and having a good time and he's kind of driving that experience. And even just a little I haven't stuff, watched a yeah. Robin Williams film yet. Yeah. It's, it's surreal. It's weird. It's weird to watch something or listen to a David Bowie song as an example and think, Oh, that guy's, that guy's dead. You know, I guess yep. I could be making any more music. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's just very sobering and it's, it kind of makes you think about your own mortality in a sense and kind of what you're doing with your life. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing is, is as you know, this kind of constant litany of these just very famous people passing away throughout the year um, has just kind of been a constant reminder of like, you know, that's going to happen to you someday. Yep. And that's something that you don't normally think about every day, but but just getting hit with it in the face every day of, hey, even these very famous and important and rich and wealthy people uh, die. Well, I, I think it was just because it was just not, I mean, because we lose celebrities every year. Yes. But this year, it was like iconic celebrities. Yes. Yeah. Like even in sports, you know, Craig Sager, man. Yeah. It wasn't just like, uh, uh, oh, it was I- icons. I mean, people who dominated the industry for a portion of time of my, my growing up, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's what was so important about it. I mean, yeah, just just crazy. Well, and I think the weird ones, too, were the ones that got me like Dave Mira just kind of came out of the blue. I think he was like 40 or 30 or yeah he was, that's he was slightly right. older than me he was only slightly older than me i remember that um god i remember playing his playstation game yeah you know what i mean and yeah. then it's like gave me a bmx yeah. yeah and then it's like oh that guy's that guy died like you know what i mean it's just it's crazy um and and just the the constant and yeah it's like for it's like alan rickman and then David Bowie and then Prince and it's like, and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like these people that were Muhammad so, Ali. Well, Oh yeah. Muhammad Ali. Man. Like, uh, gosh, George yeah. Michael. I'm trying to think there was, an, there was another big iconic one this year. Um, I might have to cheat. Cause there was, I mean, there, so there was, a, I mean, there, I mean, was even, a lot there was little ones too, like, that I'm, I'm thinking about in the moment. I'm trying to go back through my mind here. Kenny Baker passed away. Um, uh, the voice of Admiral Akbar passed away. Um, the guy that created Preacher passed away shortly before Preacher was greenlit. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, late in the year, uh, Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, he passed away. Uh, gosh, who is there? Was somebody else that I wanted to mention, but I, I'm forgetting them all. But just so many people. Um, yeah, I, I 2016 can kind of go fuck itself at this point. Um, but anyways, that, that was mine. I was just going to mention every celebrity, but there's just too many. Um, so yeah, uh, but Theo, take us out, sir. What is, what man. is your worst of 2016? Well, man, you know, I, uh, I kind of had, I kind of had two, um, but that was just, 
it's it's kind of Ron Glass. That's the other one I wanted to, to mention. Say, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Like it's it's kind of trivial just to kind of be like you know it's like oh my worst story was Batman vs Superman. You know what I mean? When you when you are dealing with like stuff that's so deeper like that. But I think you know to kind of echo what you guys are saying. Well, big celebrity definitely hit me this year. I don't want to say celebrity. I feel like it's kind of trivialized this guy, but John Glenn. Like that oh, to me yes. was like, a, oh you know, gosh. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, of course, you know, like I think we we're we we're always dealing like with certain like echelons, like Prince, Muhammad Ali. These are people who kind of transcended, you know, like you, you don't think of like Muhammad Ali as just a boxer. Yeah, you know, I get what you mean. They, they transcended what they were famous for. They tra- yeah, and, and and like with for me, like you know, I got like space is such a big deal. Space is how I started loving sci-fi, you know, like mm-hmm. like all that stuff. And you know, John Glenn, just first American, you know, to to orbit Earth, you know, like like and just constantly kind of being there, you know, especially if you you know how much we talk about Star Trek and stuff like that, you know, boldly yeah. going where no man has gone before. Like yeah. this is a guy who literally did that, you know, and. And and especially with so much has changed now with uh, with you know our space exploration and stuff like that, it's tough losing a champion like that, you know. So along those lines, Theo, right? I watched that that Mars miniseries. Did you watch it? I have not. I have not. I hear it's phenomenal though. It was really good, right? And I know that yeah. you signed up to be one of those. Uh, the first settlers, right? I did. I had to pull out. Yeah, but I did. I did. But I was like, dude, they they really they did one particular episode where they looked at the psychological ramifications of because when you go out there, it's almost a one way trip. Yeah, oh, it's, it's definitely a one way trip. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, they said it could be ten years there. Ten, I mean, a year there, do a do a stint there, and come back in ten year rotations. But uh, just the mere fact of like how in this particular episode, they had to imagine being at the beach and seeing water hitting the ocean or, you know what I mean? Just the huh. simple things that we take for granted or just a, a breeze or just the isolation of being out there and how yeah detrimental it would be just for the whole operation. Mm. And yeah. in this one particular episode, the one guy, he started being delusional and he imagined himself in his on his front porch no he imagined himself in his living room as the sun was coming in because there was like a storm there was a dust storm and and dust storms on mars can last up to like five months oh wow so uh-huh. completely like dark and so people were like uh, so the, they were relying on solar power so everything was low power it was yeah. freezing. They were walking around in winter coats. And the one guy, right, he was losing his mind. And then when the sun finally came out, he imagined that he was in his living room looking out his front window. And he went and opened the door. And he killed everybody. What? Oh, yeah. wow. It was crazy. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah. wait, Theo, I want to I back up. What do you mean you had to pull out of Mars? Like, what do you mean? It's like that's not just something you're like. Ah, hey, you know what? I got a thing. Uh, I can't go to Mars. Yeah. I got. Well, I, got a I thing think. Going. I, I think I may have told uh, Adrian this. Um, yeah, I think Adrian. I think you and I were talking about this. Um, when they first were looking, like, and this is 
like now, you know, you're starting to see the tests that they started doing years ago, but they were like, Hey, we're looking for people uh, who fit like a certain, um, certain requirements, but you know, it's a, we're looking to start sending people to Mars stuff like that and, and stuff like we're looking for like small groups of people to like start doing these tests on, you know, on, on you like psychological tests like that to see if you were a good candidate pretty much uh. Uh, for it. And um, I was like, like, I don't remember them off the, the jump and it's kind of weird like saying this out loud, but uh, uh, with all of our friends, but um, like they were looking for people who are like easygoing. Yeah don't panic you know what i mean things like that can can keep themselves you know like like you don't need a lot of stimuli stuff like things that like I, I thought like to me like i'm like i fit this i i could fit this role like you know like like uh like i am this guy you know like hmm. i could i could easily you know like not you know w w easily be okay you know at least i think you know you never really know how you're going to perform until you're, until you're yeah, there you, you but, pictured yourself but as that person I, I yeah like 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 i was like this is like this is it like oh my goodness like this is it and like i was serious like i was i was so serious about this thing and like was, was getting the paperwork and stuff together um and i thought it was exciting stuff you know like like could you imagine you know as, as weird as it sounds, like, sure, it's a one-way trip, but it's like, it's like, you know, Damien, you and I are talking about Adrian. It's like, yeah, man, Adrian's on the red dot. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he, you know, like, like, he is one of seven people literally to, to, to take a step for humanity, uh, yeah. which is something that I think that humanity is, is lacking now. You know, like, that's something that ties us all together when we, when we go toward that, that common goal. You know what I mean? It's something like that. And, and all of that was just so inspiring and, and stuff for me um but my mom man she just really she was just like it was very weird she was just like you know like you're my only son you know you're the only boy we have you know yeah. like yeah like you have people here on earth who care about you like i i was going home man like guys i was ready to go like mm -hmm. i was gonna be like we had a good run here but you know yeah i you know i think you made a good point though i think people don't really think about how far away things are yeah, um, dude. like Mars, is, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, dude. No, Mars is 40 million miles away. Dog, Mars is 40 million miles. From when me. I watched that episode and they were going through the exercises of what they had to do just to cope with the fact that they would not be able to do that. And then they're presented with this situation where they had to go out into this harsh environment to fix and they're already meant, dude. It was it was terrifying, dude. I was like, "There's no way. There's no way." I was just that right there alone. I would not be able to take. Yeah. There's just yeah. There's so much that I, I I'm all, definitely not that you, person. Uh, first of all, you got to deal with the isolation. It's going to take you a year to get there, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then once you get there, you'll be like, "Oh, land!" But then you'll be like, "Oh, fuck! I'm still stuck." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just that aspect. It it was terrifying. It's a prison sentence almost. Basically, I mean, it's like worse than a prison sentence because even in prison, I mean, you've got cable. Now, now the got... only way that it would be good is if it was on some Star Trek shit where they had a holodeck, yeah, a holodeck and stuff. But you, you are literally sit out there. I, the thing is, is that the reward, the reward is <laughs> this science itself. You know, I mean, 
I mean, but that's, that's a very that's a very abstract that's... concept when you're talking about six months See, in basically a submarine. I'm evolving on that this whole thing, right? Because right now my mind is like this: is that like we live on Earth right now? Earth sustains us, gives us life. Why are we working and spending billions of dollars to go someplace that does not? That's a really good point. No, that's, why, that's actually why are something, we using uh, that money? No, here, why are we using though, that money to build generators? I think, I think it's to careful. I think I think it's important to recognize this, though, because I agree with you. I agree with you. But I think it's important to realize this. Don't get a lot of people. A lot of people. I think it's not. This is not. I'm not saying it's you, but I think it's a very simple argument. That's like, why are we doing this for here? We should do it on there. It's never. It's never like we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I think that's an important but, thing but it always is, to realize. No, it no, it's it's really it's not. I mean, it's. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you look at the numbers itself, I'm sure if you combined all the money that the Department of Energies and Resources and all this stuff compared to what NASA does, no, no, like no. is a minuscule drop in the bucket. No, we're, we're talking about it's spending. No, nope, I do have the numbers in front of me. We're talking about spending $26 billion to send mm-hmm. seven people to Mars when we've got homeless people on the street in San Diego that we can't figure out how to feed or put a, put a not, roof that's, over. That's, that's not, a, that's not a, I don't know. I, 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 but they are, but that's, it's, that's tax it's money. We're talking about using people's tax money to do these endeavors. And I don't, I, I, I kind of side with Theo and with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I completely disagree with Elon Musk on this. I feel like we've, we're, we're, we're so focused on these big ideas of like, Oh, let's go to Mars. Yeah. But for what, like what's, yeah. what is the purpose behind it? And they say, Oh, we want to preserve the human race. The human race is going to be fine for the next couple of billion years until the planet falls into the sun or the sun stops burning. I wouldn't say billion years. I mean, unless we destroy ourselves, which is that's a very real possibility, too. But we are also at the point now where there's so many people and we're so spread out that the statistical likelihood of us destroying every human on the planet is minuscule. Yeah, we'll destroy civilized Western culture. But humanity as a species is but statistically I, I likely get, to go I get on. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I, I, again, like I totally I can totally see like people's perspectives on that. And maybe it's just the explorer in me. But like it's like it's I would I would much rather journey to a place um, not out of necessity out of like, oh, well, we we've utilized everything else. We've got to get there. You know, what I mean, we've got to do this thing like right now because we don't have another chance or whatever. I think to me that like. The idea of exploration is just an incredible, incredible, beautiful thing. Um, that uh, that that's something that's always worth, always worth hoping and dreaming for. I don't think. I don't think that takes away. I don't think that takes away from anything else. Um, it, but yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, like why? It's, it's, it's to me that's such a strange concept. It's like, well, why keep exploring the ocean floor? Instead of space exploration, what would be better served for science would be time travel. That would be better served for science. That would, as soon as someone figures out, like, everything's just going. I'm pretty sure. Everything's just going. If there's anything movies have taught me about time travel, it's... uh, it's, don't do it's, it. That's never a good idea. Yeah, don't mess with uh, it. Um, unless you but, want to invest in some stocks, then yeah. definitely mess with <laughs> that's in Google. I think um, they've, I think they've actually. Uh, I I think I remember reading an article where they said that time travel is 
on the books as being an impossibility at this point. Uh, but I, I'd have to check into that. I think I saw no. like a, something. Time travel is possible going forward. Going forward. Yes, going yes, yes. Back, yeah. Not going back. Well, I mean, time travel is possible going forward every time you go to sleep, technically. But, I mean. Yeah. We, we time travel about... is definitely possible going forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, time is relative. So, I mean, if we want to get super science you know what I mean? Like, it's that stuff's all relative anyway. Well, I mean, it's you know, technically like are. this. I mean, the faster you go, the faster exactly. time or, or the slower, slower. time. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like if I can run twenty miles, uh, my, twenty miles per hour more than Damien, and we're going both running twenty miles, I'm going to get there a lot better, and so I have more time on my hands. You know uh, what I mean? No, no. I think what Theo well, is saying is that is that time literally is relative. Where the yeah, closer no, you get yeah. to the speed of light, the slower time actually goes for you. So, like if well, I'm wearing a watch, and you're I also. Watch, I was also I also saw something where time doesn't even exist. The time well, is I mean, the, time is like a concept. Once, yeah. made once you start getting to once you time start is just a construction and all that stuff, you're dealing with people a lot, 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 lot smarter than I than no, than, than, than than us. The whole probably, clock but, uh, is that's just a way of us just trying to keep an order or <laughs> and we all just agree. That's just an ordering mechanism for us. To- well, I, I think I think it seems like what we're just talking about is that time, as in when you're dealing with the broken down of yeah, yeah, the concept of, of time versus like actually sure, moving but, through. Sure, but time, I mean, as, as long as it takes for something to go from point A to point B, yeah, that 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 period that exists, is, yeah, yeah, there there is, is a time. thing that is time that we just even you know, the we, speed we of light is still light travels this right. far and. In, in, in this many in seconds that, uh, or whatever, we just have to give yeah. names to those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which may not be the same versus you know whatever, uh, but um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think you know it's just the, it's just the scientists on you know scientists and me. I I agree. I mean, there's <sighs> education. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's another huge thing. Yep. You know, as I mean, there's so many there's so many so many things. Why do we live on a, on a, on a planet that literally has problems with obesity and starvation? Like there's so many different things. And I think that's not to get political, but like, that's the thing, right? Because people are like, Oh, well, this is most important. Well, this is most important. And the truthfully, a lot of these things are all important. You know, I don't think it's ever so it's an easy thing to say like, well, education is spending this much money. And why don't we put it over? It's never that simple because I think it's, it's, uh, everything's much more, people care to admit i feel i would say that this is well i don't want to spend too much time because i know we had a hard out at 11 and we're 60 seconds over that speaking of time Uh, but (laughs) no we gotta go i gotta go to bed yeah yeah yeah. Um, no adrian adrian time isn't real man it's it's yeah time's not real so it's really i mean uh, tell your boss that we wake up tomorrow morning late for work (laughs) no man time's not real um, i want to revisit this in a future episode because this is a broader conversation and I feel like we just scratched the surface, but I, I, man, I really want to flesh this out with you because I, I disagree with you very fundamentally on on this one particular issue. What um, on the rock being is number one, or that's I mean that's obviously the most <laughs> that's important a, issue that we truth. disagree on. That's the um, undisputed truth, guys. You know, time, that politics, t- science, those other things. Those are they kind of fall behind the rock in orders of importance. As it should. Um, yeah, the biggest thing As is probably the rock. Uh, We'll maybe do like a two and a half hour episode on Dwayne Johnson. Um, but no, no, yeah. I, I, uh, anyway, so I think we can all agree that the worst uh, thing of 2016 was actually time. 
that yeah. kind of time kind of sucks. So on that note, uh, <laughs> the worst year 2016 was 2016. Yeah. A... <laughs> yeah. I like how people say 2016 sucked. Like nobody died in 2015 and nobody's going to die in 2017. It's like 2016 sucked. Let's bring it on for 2017. Immortality. 15 years of bliss. Right. <laughs> Let's get back to nobody dying ever. God damn it. What happened in this year? Um, so uh, anyway, well, Nerdy X, thank you for following us on this meandering path. And thanks for listening to us all throughout the year. Hopefully you guys will follow us into 2017 and 2017 will be a lot more auspicious for Still everyone here. involved. Um, so well, year, again, year number four. Yay. Uh, is, it, is it four years, Theo, or three? Well, for you guys, it's four. I think it's four. I think this it's is four. Four, yeah. four years, right? Yeah. Because years one and two were actually yeah. just one season for you guys. And then we did season yeah. two, and next year will be season three. So that's four years for you. Uh, this is one year for me, right? Two years? Oh, two. Two years. Two. We should figure that out and have an anniversary episode. Because you started season, you started the beginning, you started season two, and we started season three. So that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we will see you guys. Well, Happy New Year, first of all. Hope you guys had a great holiday out there. And we will see you guys on next year's Movie X podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.